Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So today I am joined by Leanne Barai, who is a, a youth care worker. We're just going to be talking about her journey, uh, what she does, how she helps people, the kind of blogs and stuff that she's done and all through that basically. We'll just have a chat and see what comes out of it. There may be things that you take home yourself. So Leanne, how are we doing? Really, really well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I just want to take a moment to say, like, I think it's so great that this show exists and, um, yeah, just how valuable it is to talk, basically. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Oh, I've got, I, I'm, I've got to have something in, like, a <laughs> writing for any new guests that you have to be that nice to me, anyone. <laughs> um, I, I like the idea of calling it a show as well. I feel so much more like a presenter. It's, oh, um. <laughs> it'd be fine um but yes yeah, so, uh, yeah well, i mean we, we do try and, and talk about everything and uh actually as we were talking beforehand one of the podcasts that you've listened to um two two paths one journey is um when i you know i try and have people on that i both agree and disagree with you know disagree yeah. on the way to get somewhere but agree on what the what that final um part of that yeah English what that final <laughs> journey actually is so um it, you know it's always good to have different people on so um yeah as I said and you, you told me a little bit about it um off camera and you know away from the mic but if you just want to tell us a bit about your journey your kind of um interaction with mental health personally now obviously you, you can go into as much detail as little detail as you want but kind of how mental health has affected you specifically and then kind of we talk around that a little okay yeah amazing um so yeah I'm not gonna sort of go into the whole early years of it just yet but it will be something that I'd like to touch base on eventually but I'm going to kind of start from my experience of being aware of mental health and and what that sort of meant for me um so yeah when I was kind of early way through my career in childcare, which is um not something I started with but what I moved on to I ended up in a role working in a nursery, which I love, loved being working and just being around young children and just like their imagination and their curiosity and literally loved my job so much. Um, and I kind of accidentally, <laughs> as weirdly as it sounds, moved up the ranks to um, higher roles within the company. And um, I just found myself more and more and more unhappy. Basically, I was under more pressure, more stress. Um, my hours were ridiculous. I just felt like overrun, overworked, and all of the impacts of everything that was happening to me just built up an overall negative place in my life. Um, it was really difficult and I felt very stuck in that situation. Like I felt like there was no other option. I felt like this is what I'm here to do. I love my jobs. So why am I going to quit? Um, you know, let me just ride it out. I'm sure it's going to get better sort of thing. And it just didn't. It just got more and more intense and more and more sort of heavier and worse. Um, and yeah, through that process, I yeah just realized that with all the aspects of what's happening my sleep was taking a hit like I wasn't eating right my overall life was just really impacted just by my job and I think that's something that seemed so accepted um I've heard people just talk about that like you know it's oh yeah it's just my work life and that's just the way it is and and that's just not acceptable to me anymore I think I've grown to realize that that's really not okay um and yeah basically what I did was I ended up going off sick I actually left the job through that sick phase um purely out of just a desperation because I just didn't know what to do um I remember during 
just before that phase I had some really severe low points of just surprising myself of how low I've really really got and um, yeah there was moments as intense of just driving to work and feeling desperate to not go to work and thinking what can I do to get out of going to work to the point of right if I just have a quick car crash here maybe I can not injure myself too much but I can actually you know get some time off work it just put myself in a really like deep dark place and all of that was just yeah was warning siren bells for me that just really woke me up and you know decided to make a change so in that break that I had from work I had a few months off of just yeah getting to know myself and really breathing and having that pressure released and um yeah I tried to really just be gentle with myself in that period get to really know who I am and, and what it is that makes me happy and and um yeah the process kind of of becoming a happier person into who I am today really started at that point I think when I reflect back yeah it's it's definitely something that I think has changed um in in more recent years is the idea that we can just leave our jobs because yeah I I can think back 10-15 years and that wasn't a thing that is you know it there's always a question from some people's parents or grandparents depending on the age of like well don't you want a career or um oh you've had so many jobs or things like this and and that's the more the norm nowadays Mm -hmm. whereas you know we look back on it and it you, you just couldn't well you've got a job now why would you leave that that's that's not that's not right that's you know mm-hmm. you, you've got to be stable and things like that it's like, yes but if if all you're doing is going to work to run yourself into the ground and eventually you know have thoughts however you know intense and real they may be but if you're having thoughts about killing yourself effectively just to not be at work there's something wrong with your fucking work you know Definitely. There's, 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 <laughs> you can't, yeah you can't continue like that um and i think it is good um something we've definitely seen in, in the past few years is this idea that no no you can leave your job because I, mean, I i had similar um i i mean i had massive um mental health issues as we went into the pandemic because of um things i've spoken about on other podcasts about what happened to me um and i i remember i I'd, I'd never been happy in my job anyway um where i was i'd done it purely because um, I needed to. And I remember making comments about the fact that, um, you know, I want to leave. It wasn't, it, you know, it was known in my entire section of the university I worked in. Everyone knew I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I always had people going, oh, yeah, but you'll be back. No, no one leaves, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then um, when the pandemic hit, I just went, right, I quit. And that was it. And, you know, that was two years, over two years ago. And then I moved towards mental health, which was never, I mean, I'd done stuff around mental health, but I, you know, this wasn't meant to be a thing. This was not a thing. I ended up doing Twitch and podcasts. I mean, I did podcasts effectively because I was studying at the time, and I did them to kind of make sure that we didn't go or didn't go insane. And then <laughs> yeah. people started coming on them and enjoying them. You know, I got people like, call me Chris from TikTok, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll carry on. And then <laughs> because I never shut the hell up. It went further than that. So I think it is good to have that and be able to look back and go, you know what? I made the right decision. But I don't know about you, but I always think it's good even to look back and think I made the wrong decision. I think mm. that can be good sometimes as well. Is, is just stepping outside of yourself sometimes can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like just that sort of action of reflecting is so important and actually during that phase of my life where I had that break from working like that was 
one of the main things that I did, I got myself a journal and I just journaled hard, literally, like I would journal every day, morning and night, whether it was just to have like, I call them mind dumps, just to have a, like literally one of those on a page and um, yeah, just get it all out or whether it was to set myself some really basic, easy, simple goals of just getting up, maybe doing yoga going out and getting some fresh air, drinking water, just like the daily reminders. And yeah, that that process really helped me lift myself out of yeah the mess that I'd kind of got myself in. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I think it can be definitely helpful. I mean, I don't know about you. So I, I'm a big fan of, and I haven't heard of anyone else before, but I probably have nicked it from someone, the idea of double journaling. Oh, um, so effectively, you keep a diary, but then you keep an emotional journal as well. And the reason I've always spoken to people about this is because if you keep both and you have them, you, 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 you know, you look at them the same way and you, you put the dates in, you know, you, you section off the same way, you can see the patterns mm. rather than just, you know, this is everything that's happened and not really having any context to it. Yeah. If you do it, you're effectively cataloging yourself, but you're doing it in a nicer way. You're going, right this day this caused I came out of this incredible today I this was amazing and then you look back on the other part of your journal the second you know, secondary journal and you're going to go I, I was meditating today I was I was taking um, mindfulness steps I was you know in in nature or I went and saw my therapist you know mm-hmm. the amount of people I've, I've come across that I'll be like they've seen their therapist and the next day they're amazing Mm. and they kind of go oh well I, I don't know I just feel good I'm like well what happened yesterday you know and I think people forget about it and so they don't then see the steps they need to take or the steps mm. that not need to take but steps that are part of their continuing journey so I'm always I'm always a fan of double journaling because you can also then n- keep a diary without having to overload yourself with the emotion because yeah. sometimes I think when we look back on things that have happened and we, we look back on that, a lot of times we don't want to relive the trauma, but we do have to deal with the actual action that's happened. So if we can separate them ourselves, but still take stock of them, which is what we're doing by double journaling, we allow ourselves to delve into it without destroying our own um, psyche at the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, it's not something I've ever heard of, but it makes complete sense. And I think that, yeah, having that log of your actions or just the basic the basic parts of the day that maybe you're not really even thinking about yeah can really yeah give you a bigger picture as to what's going on yeah yeah this is for anyone when it finally comes out when my, my charity is relaunched <laughs> that is in the that is in the course that is being accredited at the moment that is a, a suggestion so um but yeah I, I've, I've always been a, a fan of that and you know meditation and everything is a part of being part of my life since I was very young I started meditation the same time I started martial arts which is when I was four wow so, um you know that's i think that's that's something i've never understood why we don't have what well, we do in some schools but we don't, i don't know why we don't have meditation in schools so yeah it should definitely be a part of the curriculum and i really hope that it's something that is just put in place like very very soon if it's not now that people realize that this is like you know a great tool that could be harnessed then i don't know we're missing a trick really we're missing a big trick like kids get into trouble and we go right you're in detention and all you end up <laughs> with is two kids pissed off at each other and you're they're told to calm down how about we get them to meditate they might still be pissed off at each other at the end but at least they're actually genuinely calmer by the end yeah 
yeah definitely definitely I wish that I'd had the opportunity to learn um yeah meditation and you know breath work and all of those kind of things at a young age and I'm grateful for the part of you know my journey where I learned it and you know I was able to harness it and stuff but yeah it'll definitely be something with any future generations that I have I'll be wanting to instill as soon as possible but just because like it's just tools that so valuable and and you can literally take like take your own bits and pieces out of it and it doesn't have to be a set way you can make it however is right for you and um yeah that's what everyone needs literally like their own version so exactly i mean with meditation especially uh, what you said though is, is i i repeat this sometimes to people is meditation isn't just this la based nonsense where you sit in the corner going um that's not what it means meditation yeah. or anything you know people <laughs> gaming all day I'm meditating because most of them are almost on an autopilot. And in that moment, they have mindfulness. They can actually take in other things and they are calm and they're relaxed and they are effectively, you know, having an existential moment from themselves. And they are meditating, but people don't call it meditation. You know, people in mosh pits are potentially meditating. <laughs> but we, we, but there's this weird stigma around it where we're just going to go, oh, no, no, no. It's those people in, um, you know, white, long, linen um, clothing that are going um in the corner with a bell they're the ones that are meditating it's like no just just no and by the way yeah. if anyone wants to disagree with me there's a reason there's a certificate on the wall okay I'm <laughs> i've done this myself he knows I've what he's talking about it, you know? <laughs> both sides of it done it myself and still as a teacher and it is that just is the truth yeah um i mean especially with martial arts it was always you know, there's, there was a, a very disciplined background to it. But the reason we did it was because we spent two hours beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> so now we need to chill out, you know. Um, <laughs> and, need and, the zen side of it. Yeah, exactly. It is that kind of side to it. So um, and so when you came out of it and you said you got into like um, more yoga and meditation, you changed kind of lanes of where you were going and what you were doing. Yeah. Um, what kind of, was there a trigger that, that helped you go down a specific route obviously you were unhappy at work and that's what made you leave it but was there something was there a tv program or a, an, an ad you saw someone that made you go you know what let's try that out <laughs> um potentially but nothing really springs to mind I think um yoga was something I was interested in from quite a few years back and I remember like going to a class or a few classes and really enjoying it but just not being consistent with it but realizing that it could be, you know, really powerful. And then I think just because I had so much free time, I was like, well, you know, let's just bring these things in again and see how they work. And I think actually me having that time to do it by myself, like in my, this is my yoga room that I'm in now. So like having that space to do it and actually not being in a class, not feeling like I'm doing it for an external, like I'm not doing it to necessarily get better at a certain position, but actually making the connection of how it's benefiting me within. Um, I think one of the main things was realizing that I could connect my breath and my body and my mind, like just in that cycle, like it's something I'd never ever thought about before. And I, I don't know, I think I just felt great power from that, realizing that I could you know, relax my body in a position just by breathing. Like that was insane to me. I just had never ever thought about that before or realized that that was possible. So um, I was just hooked, basically. I was kind of addicted in a really positive way to yoga and, and all of that. And um, yeah, a really deep self love and self journey kind of just bloomed from that point. Yeah, I think it, it is good to be able to take yourself out of those classes sometimes when you once you know the kind of the, the basics for it. I mean, I'm, I'm training to be a yoga instructor at the moment, but oh, I think the, the, the best things about it are is when you learn 
maybe people don't necessarily do this straight away, but I think in, in popular media now, yoga has become almost a competition mm-hmm. where you've got to be more flexible than people there, or you've got to be able to do it. To, and that's just not true. But the problem is, is that when that becomes a thing, that's all anybody notices. Um, and it's why I came away from a lot of classes because because I've got a martial arts background from when I was very young. And so my body just is more flexible because it grew up doing that. Mm. I, as a big six foot two guy, can get into positions that people don't expect. And so then you can see people in a class kind of saying, you know, or looking and thinking, oh, and they get annoyed with themselves. And you're like, that's yeah. not what it is, this is about. And I actually really enjoy going to yoga instructors who can't go into all the positions. I think that's yeah. because I'm yeah, like, just their honesty is just so great, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that they're going to, you know, the, the people that are just going to go, oh, we're gonna, basically, we're just going to do the positions that I can do. No, it's the ones that are just going to go, you know what? I can't do this either. So if you can't, that's fine. Because there's a validation there that I think a lot of the times, especially in your kind of, you know, again, the LA style way of doing things that mm. doesn't, I don't find it has any validation there. It's just a kind of, oh, look, I can bend in half. And so everyone else should be able to. And it's, that that's a problem but I think the way that you've done it in having a separate room I don't I just I just you know I'm the only one in the house so I just go whatever I want yeah. um, but I, you know I think having a separate room or, or at least somewhere you can take yourself away from mm-hmm. um, if I did the gardening I'd probably have somewhere nicer to do it but taking somewhere away that you can just be by yourself is definitely an important thing and it means yeah. you don't have to worry you know you're not comparing yourself to anyone else to anything else it's your journey not anybody else's nobody else has a control on what your journey is because that's the point of why you left your job because that's what was happening somebody else had control of your journey yeah and so (laughs) you didn't want that so why would you do it (laughs) yeah definitely and um just that essence of spending time alone again that's just nothing something that I hadn't really done before like I think probably a little bit here and there, but I'd come from a family where I had family around me a lot of the time. And then I got into relationships really early, um, not as in, not in that sense, but I was in a committed relationship from like 13, 14 and have stayed in a partnership and, and up until the age that I am now. So I didn't really spend any time alone. And that really like became a problem <laughs> because I was just putting all my yeah any any sense of happiness or any sense of entertainment or fulfillment on other people and it took me like to go through some yeah pretty deep reflection to really understand that I remember my partner would go off he he's a videographer and he would go off to do jobs and um I would be like on days that I'm not at work or I'm not you know not somewhere I would just kind of be like oh I don't really know what to do with myself I'm sat there with my thoughts I don't really know how to process them I'm feeling all emotional I've got no one to comfort me I'll just go and eat some food and watch Netflix and distract myself and that's just like what I did for a while and to the point I realized that I was just getting in more and more of a deeper hole and actually wasn't you know moving in any direction that felt positive and yeah being able to have my own space um, or just even if you don't have your own room just creating time to spend time alone in whatever aspect that might be is just so valuable if you don't get to know yourself then you'll never grow that sense of security and confidence within yourself because you just don't know who you are and that's a bit scary so yeah yeah it's absolutely and it's I think what you said there is right but just having time for yourself because 
let's be honest, during the pandemic, everyone was by themselves. Like, <laughs> or, or they were in a, in, a, in a place where they were with their partner and realised that they'd never been alone with their partner. And, you know, these these thoughts and these abilities to kind of work within that space just wasn't there because people had never had to do it before. Everyone had their day of, you know, I go off to work at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., I come back at this time, we watch Netflix, have some tea, yeah. we go to bed. You know, and that, that's it. And I'll occasionally we'll go to centre parks once a year. You know, that, <laughs> that, was, that was people's relationships. Yeah. Um, or, or, or they were by themselves and suddenly they were by themselves and had no idea how to be by themselves and like like you're saying with your with yourself yeah where you're just like how the hell do I do this what I'm not used to myself and I think that can be very difficult um I mean certainly for me I mean I lost my wife just before the before the pandemic oh, wow. and so um you know I was I mean I'm a hermit anyway I I do like my but you know I'd I was thrown into right that's it now and mm-hmm. I I can do it, you know. I, I've and I'm someone that comes from a background of having done yoga, having done meditation, having done these things before. Even before I got into more mental health stuff, I'd done this stuff before. This is what I did, and so even for me, I was there just going, I don't know what to do now. You know, I ended up finding social media. Um, yes, those of you that you know write into the Telegraph, it can be helpful. Um, I found social media my way out because it was the kind of there are other people there that don't know what the hell they're doing either. And so it is that idea of finding a space that you're comfortable in. I think actually one of the best ones about um, finding that you don't have to have a room or you don't have to have a studio or whatever is um, this is going to be a weird one. And I I don't know the aesthetic. I don't think you'll know who this person is. Diamond Dallas Page, who is a a former WWE wrestler. (laughs) So um, some people may know what I'm going to say him. Some of you may not, but he had um, a massive back injury um, uh, back in the day. And he really he basically at some point told he couldn't, he wasn't going to walk. Um, and he was getting some physio and, and different. And he did, he'd done a bit of yoga and things like this. He now runs his own version of yoga, his own yoga called DDP Y or DDP yoga. And he, he uses it in the way that has helped him. So both in breath and um, for his own um, health as well. So he literally does versions of how to do ex- how to do your exercises and your kind of start the day in bed. So mm. he, he kind of goes, look, you don't need to be in a doing beds. These yeah. are, look, this is this is what you can do in bed. And then yeah. if you're in, you know, if you're bed bound or if you're older, do it in bed. Or if you're older or whatever, here's a chair. You can do this stuff in a chair so you can still get your breath. You can still get, you know, some movement in you. You don't have to worry. And then, obviously, there's there's more stuff for everybody else that goes on there. But I like the idea that he's done of going. Now, granted, he's doing it more in exercise way, which you can, of course. But I do like the idea of going, look, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you what you need from it. There is something you can take from it. And, you know, he's got it's great because he has people when he's doing it that are like on stage with him that are like 80. yeah that's always good to see because again it's not these people that are folding in half it's people just going look i've got a chair i can do this (laughs) so i always find that really really cool as well so um you've talked about breath work a a few times so did you find that all through yoga or did basically did yoga meditation and and breath they all come at the same time for you or was there a, a a kind of a lead up at all 
Um, yeah, being aware of my breath before was never something that existed in my mind. Just, I just knew that we breathed, that we breathed, yeah, that, that was it. Um, and then, um, yeah, just kind of that process of being it w- within doing yoga positions and flows and being guided, you know, through people on YouTube, basically just kind of who telling you to breathe in and out, deepen your breath and things like that. And I think, like I said, that, that moment of being like, ah. Oh, I can get well deeper in this pose now I've I've kind of exhaled that was a really key point um, of realizing just how important breath can be and then I just kind of explored that Um, I'm definitely not um, like a breathwork regular practices in like sitting down and doing breath work as regularly as I think probably would benefit me um I kind of just steal moments of whatever if I'm going to do 10 minutes of yoga this morning I'll just do that that's fine um but yeah I really do like exploring it and exploring um body sensations how it can make you feel how how sort of suddenly you can become a lot more focused and clear um and it's just something that's with you all the time like I can do yoga pretty much anywhere like you say I can do it on a chair or in bed but I can also breathe anywhere and at any time so the other day actually I was I was on a, I was on a crazy drive um from Herefordshire actually I was on a ridiculous drive and it was windy and raining and I kind of realized that I was really, really, really clutching the steering wheel and I was really in, like intensely focused. Um, I was distracting myself with music from the no- old school 90s just to keep me going. And um, yeah, I was I was OK, but I kind of realized like, well, I'm a bit in, like anxious here. Um, so the only thing that really got me through that drive um, was to just it wasn't a case of doing a, a necessary breathwork practice, but just deepening my exhales and extending it. So I just focused on that and I dipped in and out of that um, in between singing along to Ashanti and whoever else I was listening to um, just to, yeah, just to get me through. And that was like a a key reminder for me that, you know, this is here anytime for me to just grab hold of basically. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, breath work is, is, you know, so important. I, I, um, with, uh, this is, this is plugging, but it's plugging for a a mental health charity. (laughs) The charity that I created that, you know, banks in the uk sort yourselves out stop mucking about the red tape it's a mental health charity anyway um but they're like we have someone on there who is a clinical hypnotherapist um who does breath work for us um and i have to admit i'd never thought about in my mind meditation and breath work being separate i'd never Mm. i I, for me they were almost always the same because because i'd never it's it's stupid because I, i i've done breath work i've done the breathing but I'd never really thought about it as something as by a itself. Practice, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I, I mean, I'm a marathon runner and a martial artist. They both involve me to breathe in certain ways. You know, even if it's simple um, breathing in and out through your nose, making sure that you've got um, specific time periods, because it makes it easier to run. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone out there that is a starting off runner, don't breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Don't do what they all teach you in PE at school. It won't help. <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot easier to recover. Um, but it was just a recovery breath. So I didn't think about it separately. Um, and then simple things with martial arts, you know, if the amount of things, and, and again, anyone doing martial arts for the first time, you will do this, you will muck this up and it will hurt. And this is why everyone, when they get thrown or hit or anything like that, everyone holds their breath. You get thrown and go, and then you slam into the ground and you go, oh God. And so you learn how to breathe differently. Um, mm. But again, like you say, it's day-to-day life. It's something you just do. And then you kind of take that second and go, oh, shit, yeah. If I think about this separately, now I can actually use it somewhere. Yeah, you know, whenever I need to. Exactly. That breathing from running, that breathing from martial arts, I can just kind of go, oh, 
I'm tense now. Well, I do this when I'm when I'm running. I, I can just do this now. And it's I think it's an important one to be able to separate and to be able to have that kind of that moment, like you say, when you're in the car tense and going, oh, God, you know, yeah. the amount of the amount of people now probably in the world because of Ukraine and everything that are tense mm. at the moment. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're you're just going to cause yourself issues in the long run because, you know, we end up with um, hyperventilation. We end up with panic attacks and anxiety attacks and. Or, or if you have underlying conditions, you can end up causing yourself an angina attack or something like that from it, which is mm-hmm. actually very dangerous. Um, and it can all be helped with breathing. Now, yeah. anyone that's now in the background going, oh, well, you're just two mental health people saying breathing. Firstly, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Secondly, <laughs> the reason Leanne is on here is because she's the softer of the two of us. I am not that person. I do. I will check everything on on, on those kind of sides to it, and I can say from personal experience and from um, the science and from people I know that it is absolutely does have an effect. Um, you know, my own my own father having angina and having that difference in in breathing you can see it and it is something that is suggested because of that there is a lot of stuff behind it so you know i think we do need to get into this idea of like yeah get into that side of just being able to breathe because Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many times i mean it's one of those obvious things that everyone says is everyone just breathes until they realize that they're breathing and then no one can ever breathe (laughs) the second you go oh i'm breathing shit how do i do this Is is it in for a few seconds shit what do I do oh my god and then you freak out because you don't realize because your body does it so then when you're tense like you say when you're on a on a, a drive was this during um storm Eunice or something <laughs> but it was actually just at the end of it oh, right. it, so, the weather the weather was still insane though to be fair coming back from that area was just if I felt like I was in the storm to be yeah. honest <laughs> well, I mean that's when storm Franklin was on the way so you kind of had a bit of both. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean when you're there and you're kind of going oh my god then you're then you do take stock of it and i think that's that's something you you do get into so yeah um, so have you found yourself kind of completely changed into a far more what's the way of putting this to be nice <laughs> i i just won't be airy fairy would be the <laughs> way of thinking that i mean you may not have had beforehand in a kind of a much kind of, you know, I think a lot of us have a, an idea in our head of, oh, well, that's just over there. And I mean, I'm, I'm one of them, you know, mm. I, even though even though I've done, med- like I say, I've done meditation for most of my life, I think in my head until probably the last few years, I still had in my head of like, yeah, but it's it's not that kind of meditation, you know. So did you find yourself having that move far more over to a softer side or was it always there and just needed to be released? Okay, well, interesting question. <laughs> I think um, from an external point of view, I think a lot of people have seen, it's from their perception, they would probably use the term airy-fairy and, yeah. you know, hippie and all those kind of like stereotypical words that kind of paint that picture of the things that I practice now. So I guess in that aspect, I've, I've heard that, I've, I've received that from people. Right. From, from myself, I think... Um, the only way I can describe the shift that's happened within me is actually empowerment and strength and grounding and feeling, yeah, feeling like I know who I am. I know I've been able to grow some really friggin' amazing tools that I can dip into at any point. Um, and yeah, just a sense of like confidence in that 
I know that life's not going to be always smooth, smooth sailing and uh, I'm here prepared to ride the waves and I'm here for the journey of it, both the good and the bad and the um so yeah within me I don't, I don't feel airy fairy at all I feel like I've got a fire lit within me and I can yeah I can take on whatever is coming my way um so yeah I hope that answers your question some kind of way <laughs> well, yeah yeah I mean like I say it's it's for you then it is that idea that it's not changed you it's more unleashed something within you um so it's it's you weren't just um kind of you almost stuck in yourself you know you, you had that kind of locked in syndrome effectively yeah. that you've released because you've been able to change yeah uh, well I just sorry I'm just going to say something else based on that as well I think um yeah one thing that I realized is that um kind of looking back to how I was when I was younger I was often people said things to me like oh you're such a sensitive soul or you know you're such a delicate flower and things like that and I think for a long time I, I agreed with them I was I knew I was sensitive and you know I knew I was a little bit like you know don't push me over too hard or I might break sort of thing mm. but um I think what happened within this shift within me and it obviously it's still happening it's not something that's happened and you know and that's it I'm I'm fixed I'm sorted forever it's something that I'm like dedicated to to always you know grow through um whatever it is I'm going through mm. um, but I kind of realized that my senses Sensitivity was my superpower and actually if I tune into really what that meant and yeah and let it empower me I could actually all the things that I saw was you know as weaknesses or things that I was lacking in confidence with before actually are the things that if I tune into them if I lean into them um they're actually yeah my greatest strength so for example things where before I would get completely overwhelmed by my emotions because I didn't understand them I didn't really understand I couldn't I couldn't feel them really I could just be like I would just get do you know what actually something that's really interesting I watch when I reflected back I was like this is actually a, a crazy technique that I used to do but any any overwhelming feelings whether it was fear whether it was um being ashamed anything I would actually just shut down and I think there's quite a few times in my life where I fainted as a as a get out of just I like I can't deal with this situation and I think there was a couple of times when I look back now and it does feel hazy but I think there was times when I was just like I'm just gonna not pretend to fake but put myself in that place yeah. of just being like I'm gonna shut down and that will get me out of it whatever it is I need to face that's it I'm done um and then yeah on the flip side to that when I've had the time to really evaluate my feelings and, and let myself feel them and unpick them so okay I'm feeling scared let me actually look a bit deeper like what it, what is it that's making me feel scared where am I feeling that in my body what what elements of feeling scared like what where does that come from um and now I can actually lean into that and be like okay that's some fear you know that's fine I see you fear I, I will I'll deal with you and um, what do I need to pack in my toolbox to bring with me to deal with the fear um, and that sensitivity is actually like my intuition just telling me what the hell's going on um, so if I listen to it rather than blocking it out yeah superpower <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's that it's that thing of mindfulness and again I think we we meaning society has this idea again mindfulness well that means meditation that means an LA studio again in the corner going um but actually mindfulness yeah. is basically what you just described it's the idea of being able to see things that are there now it's going right this is happening to me now I need I, I need to recognize that this is happening and see what I can do about it and even or even knowing that you can't do anything about it but because, able to maybe ask for help or something or yes, get or some even guidance just, yeah and or even the acceptance that you can't do anything about it, because I think, mm -hmm. you know, 
the easiest thing to think about um, with that, I, I always um, think of in that idea of accepting it is what happens if you miss a train? Because the amount of people that miss a train and then freak out that they've missed a train, but it, they can't do anything about it. It doesn't mm -hmm. change because they are worried, because they're anxious, but nothing changes. The person next to them that's missed the same train, that is the same um, schedule as them, who isn't worried, who, who isn't freaking out because they've been able to be in that moment and accept and see what's moving forward and have that understanding of, OK, well, this is this is better for my body. This is better moving forward because the same thing's happened to both of you. You yeah. freaking out does not help the situation. It doesn't do anything. It's not just that it doesn't help it. It's it's almost detrimental. All you're doing yeah. is beating yourself up rather than anything else. And so it's there's a quote, isn't there, along this line, which is like worrying is not going to change the outcome. Worrying won't you know change what's going to happen, sort of thing. So you might as well surrender to what's happening to you and just yeah flow with it. And maybe something great would actually happen as an alternative. Maybe you weren't meant to be on that train for every reason. Maybe you're going to be on the next train and you're going to meet someone that's really cool and you know something great's going to happen instead. Yeah, I mean, you just don't you just don't know what's what's going to happen or, or, or you know, the other quote that, that I always come across is this too shall pass, yeah. which I, I like because it's both sides of it. So the idea of this too shall pass being, yeah, it's shit right now, but it'll get better. But it, mm -hmm. I also like the fact that it's like, oh, you're, it's amazing right now. Everything you do is gold, but that's going to fucking change as well. And I like that idea of being able to be in the moment and realize, you know, not everything is perfect. Not everything is going to stay exactly the same. Not everything is going to um, work out. And in the same way, not everything is going to be bad and awful for the for the, the rest of time. You know, things will change, whether they're good or bad. This too shall pass allows both of them. And I think if you embrace that idea, that's that allows you to have that more mindful um, moment because you know that whatever has happening, no matter what it is, there's something that can that can come out of the end of it. Mm. Um, I, know I actually have a question based on that before you move on. Sorry. On. Um, but yeah, I actually I just wondered in your walks of life if you have ever come across someone who can't grasp that and actually just believes that you know this is it, this is where I'm at, like and and cannot cannot actually believe that something better is possible, like and that that seems like such a you know, this is what I believe in and that's never going to change. And yeah, if you have ever met someone like that and, and how and if that person progressed, um, because, yeah, it's quite a close to personal thing for me that, um, yeah, I'd like to know about, really. I think this is an easy answer. Me. Oh, amazing. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, so I've, you know, um, those of you that don't know that haven't um, listened to podcasts, I've been homeless twice in my life and I lost my wife to brain cancer. I have been in those moments which went, no, fuck this. You know, the idea of of there being something else. You know, I've also been suicidal, suicidal ideation several times um, and attempted. And it is it, it, you do get to that point, which, you know, I think for, for many people, where it's just like. Other people saying that it will get better doesn't make it better. And so mm -hmm. your mind just goes, no, yeah, I don't accept this, especially like, you know, for instance, the, um, you know, getting, being homeless for a second time, you know, well, I, oh yeah, it did work out, but now it didn't. And it, just that, I think you can get into cycles. Now, sometimes you've created them yourself because you've not seen a pattern that your, that your life um, took and you didn't have those moments to reflect. You didn't have that mindful moment. 
but I think a lot of the times it's it's just un you can't see it and yeah sometimes it doesn't pass and I think that's also something that a lot of us need to recognize that it doesn't pass because it ends um but it's having this idea that that's why I like this too shall pass because of the fact that it does say shit will still happen I don't like the idea Mm -hmm. of just going oh something will happen better or tomorrow be another day or you know I fucking hate those quotes this too shall pass mm-hmm. i like because of the fact that it goes yeah everything's fantastic right now tomorrow might be shit though mm-hmm. and that's the idea of just so today this is when you've got to be thinking about the better side of you this is when you take action for yourself this is when you try and move forward and i think i think even finding that quote or just understanding that things will go back and forth all the time was was the the breakthrough for me on that but yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those people that if you'd have said stuff to me a while ago, I'd have just, you know, told you to do one. Mm. Um, and I think but that quote specifically for me is one that I, I found helps a lot more people because mm. the uh, the kind of the normal, the normal, you know, tomorrow's another day. Oh, everything will work out. Oh, everything happens for a reason. If someone else says that to me, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> um, telling someone who's been homeless twice and lost their wife to brain cancer that everything happens for a reason is not something that you want to do. Mm. Um, but yeah. just, you know, okay. those are not things that are helpful. But actually going, look, yeah, it's shit. And you know what? It'll be shit again. But the stuff in between shows you that you got through the shit you know mm. it's that, that idea you walk up a mountain um and you you slip or you slip back down well you know that you can still walk up that part because you've done it already mm. so it's not that it's not possible it's that something stopped you but it didn't stop you the first time until you got to that point well next time go past that point yeah. so i think that's the important thing for me yeah yeah interesting i think um yeah for a lot of people i feel like um being in that stuck place just feels like you know that's it this is there isn't there is no more and it's actually hard to like like I use the word believe that anything else is possible um and yeah just how how kind of limiting and and how trapped you can feel in that place is just yeah it's horrible and I think I know a lot of people um in my life who who are in that place and I have been in that place for a long time and it doesn't really matter um what people come and offer you um even what tools or what what help you get offered um nothing seems to to have make that shift so yeah it's just looking for that that opening really so that yeah there's a bit of there's a bit of air to come up and you know see that there actually is some possibilities yeah I think there's I mean there's a there's a cartoon that I saw a while ago that I think represents things like that quite well for people that are stuck in um it's almost like a, a game of buckaroo where people have been pushed down you know on their back is their um childhood trauma and then on top of that is um life uh, work home balance on top of that is relationship issues on top of that is underlying depression on top mm-hmm. of that is health issues and then there's a step that's two inches and you just break down crying and then there's someone to the side going oh it's not that bad mm. and it's like yeah but what about the other fucking stuff that's on my back and that's i think yeah. that's the thing is that even when things are, are offered to those that are struggling, most of us don't know why that person's struggling. Not really. We, we see what we either want to see or we see what we can understand. Mm. But the point is, if we could understand all of it, then we would 
probably be in the same position as them. And that's the thing is that we will not understand. And I, I really hate the idea of empathy because um, empathy it, for me just doesn't exist. Um, you can't understand. You will never understand because if you could, you, you'd be in the same position as them or you could, um, you know, you would be able to just snap them out of it like that. Mm. And we can't. So we start to build these little bits of, you know, well, this time let's put a ramp for that two inch um, step that might help them today but of course their back's still full of a load of shit mm -hmm. so all we've done is help them over one step and I think that's the problem is that a lot of us when somebody's going through something and all they see is darkness it's because all we've done is help them over one step and they've got a shitload more steps to go but yeah. we don't understand that because we only saw the one step and so I think that's that's where it can get a bit stuck as well, because we don't we don't go into it. We can't go into it because they're, they've been stuck in their own head for so long. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, the biggest problem, uh, we are our own worst nightmares. You know, yes, things are caused by bullies and outside forces, but you're not with them 24 seven. You are with yourself 24 seven. And if mm -hmm. your mind is continually telling you that you're worthless and you shouldn't be here and everything's going to go badly, somebody being in your life for an hour and saying everything's going to work out doesn't help yeah so yeah i'm far more bleak people that listen to this know me i'm far more bleak <laughs> we have people like leanne on that's just a bit of a nicer um <laughs> way of thinking about things but yeah i mean I, and I think it is important for people to realize that in, in mental health though and for their own journeys that there are and you know as we discussed earlier for for things like um when i had um uh, guests on that, that take those different paths is that it doesn't matter where you're starting from or, or what direction you take it from everyone has a different journey so even people that grumpy old fucks like me will take different parts and still have some of the same tools you know we both meditate we both do yoga we both, we have some of the exact same tools same uh, tools but we just use them in different ways yeah. i think that is important for people to understand that, that is a thing um Coming off of that, actually, because I know that you did want to talk about it, um, tools that you found, mm -hmm. any daily tools or anything that you find as a, as a kind of a general help? Is there something that you've kind of come across? Because I know that you did want to discuss that. Um, so, yeah, other than the things we've kind of already touched on, um, I mean, I guess it, it kind of falls into the category of like basic tools, but it's also kind of to do with a, a shift in perspective. But it's just generally making healthier choices and that kind of encompasses a lot of things so I think um, a very key aspect of what helped me make that shift and what continues to help bring me out of you know highs and lows in life is just eating kind of healthy and being aware of what I'm putting in my body um, and along with that just staying hydrated and it sounds really like all right guys yeah we talk about you know eating healthy and drinking water but actually like the value in that is is just so easily yeah easily washed over um so something as simple as I like to call them my little rituals um but yeah whatever that whatever that means for you I like to start my day off with a glass of water and that's just a really basic tool I go and get my glass of water I come into my yoga room I'll just sit here and be in some stillness and some silence for a minute maybe have a quick check over mentally in a bit of a meditative state okay like what's aching from my night's sleep and um yeah what can I what can I do in my yoga practice in the next 10 minutes just to like shake that off um so yeah some really sort of basic tools like that um just are 
the the parts of my life that I think I just lean on kind of probably not even realizing too much um that how much I actually lean on them yeah I mean I think what's important to suggest there is that although you you said it as being you know eating and drinking properly what's actually happening is there's a complete process there because mm. so, I know a lot of a lot of time people band around you know eat healthier drink better and things like that but I mean for instance I absolutely despise water I can't stand it I really <laughs> water um I, I however oh my god I however have a very great thing of apple juice here um and my mother will say um I used to drink this by the gallon so um it's it's um it's one of those things but it's it's part of a, a whole process you're not just you know going and getting a glass of water you're making sure you've stood up and you've walked around you've walked to your kitchen or yeah. if you enjoy cooking or yeah. if you might find some enjoyment in cooking you're cooking your your meals you know because there's a lot more to it if you if you get stuck into this rut of just having shitty food and shitty drink and all you're doing is drinking out i mean so during the pandemic i went 10 months we all have bad habits guys 10 <laughs> months where i did not drink anything except for energy drink coffee and alcohol nothing oh, else day. literally nothing else <laughs> never drank squash never drank juice never drank water nothing else not milkshake nothing um because wow. i was just inside of the time and that's what it until i found that i was shaking mm. um and then had a day when i came off of it where i just had massive headaches and then right okay but of course you don't realize what you're doing but yeah. you're getting into the same kind of stagnated process over and over again um yeah. oh well i've woken up well, i've got to have my coffee today oh well i need to wait i need to stay awake because i've got um a podcast to record or whatever oh, well, i want to have some energy drink and you just get stuck you just get completely yeah. stuck whereas if you're like okay well you know what i'm going to go to the kitchen i'm going to oh what kind of meals can i make today cool you know rather than going oh yeah dominoes because you know you've lost all your taste buds um and you order a, a shitty pizza <laughs> not had to do anything for apart from go to the front door and then eat it out of the box yeah well, you can feel better about it because how many times do even even you know people that, that eat eat better mm. we all have days where we have shitty food yeah definitely definitely but you feel shit afterwards and i think that's the key thing <laughs> i think I didn't I didn't necessarily have a bad horrendous diet beforehand but I probably didn't eat I didn't eat nowhere near as great as I, I definitely do now and like I have to say that shift in awareness but I think the key thing is that like if I'm eating a fairly good you know like varied diet for 80 percent of my life on those days when I do eat shit oh, I feel shit I really feel groggy the next day and I can't bother to get out of bed I notice that I've missed some of my key practices and I'll be a bit moody and I just want to watch Netflix and not really talk to anybody and that's fine that's also okay and obviously that's a key part of just having you know balance in life but I don't I know when I come to the end of that day I'm like I don't really want to feel like that again so I'm not going to eat like that again I'm actually going to make the choice to go back to what I was doing before I had this you know wobble um and yeah just yeah, get back on it basically I think you know more don't you when you're a bit more consistent with it yeah I mean it's it's absolutely right I mean if you have sh shitty foods and all those fats and everything do pull you down they do make you more lethargic they do you know the, we know what's in them we know what's what's doing it so it's it's just that stuff that's just dragging you down and you might enjoy it at the time you know but it's it feels like shit afterwards um and that's part of it if you if you're making your own meals your creativity suddenly you feel more creative and i think that's the thing is like i say there's more to it because we can all mm -hmm. say 
eat healthier and um, drink better. But actually, that's not in that's not the whole story. Yeah. Um, because that's just that's just a Pinterest post. Whereas if we say, look, you know, you're you're being more creative. You're making sure that you're moving around. You're going out daily to get fresh ingredients. You know, mm-hmm. just anything like that. You suddenly kind of started um, mixing up your juices to be like, oh, oh, this is a cooler smoothie. Oh, well, now I put a little bit of saffron in there. You know, you just <laughs> a little bit different. And yeah. I think that's, that's really important. And again, you can still have that really bad food, but just one, you moderation. may have, yeah. moderation. And you may have found a healthier way to have it. Yeah, definitely. You are the one that's making it. So you now know <laughs> what's in it. You now know, oh, but all that what was all that shit they were putting in it? Like, no, yeah. this is way better now. Like I'm making uh, ice cream. You can make your own ice cream at home and you can make it um far you know, like smoother and fluffier and then you're making it and going, This is so much better and there's nothing in this. Yeah. <laughs> what is this all this you know it's just it's just so much better things like that so there's a whole process i think there which is definitely important yeah um, definitely i think actually i i know this sort of deeply when i reflect on it but food was a whole process for me and it was a whole journey like when i really look into it and um yeah the process that i went on because around again that time of not being okay or just a bit before then i think I, this was still a sort of transitional phase but i kind of made this connection between especially as being a woman but as as so for anybody really but I made this connection of I remember eating a burger in Weatherspoons. <laughs> remember being about to jump on this burger and I was going to a yoga class straight away afterwards I don't know what I was doing what a doing it all wrong yeah but I remember going to eat it and having this resistance and just being like I really don't want this and kind of realizing that not only for the way it'll make me feel afterwards and sure I'll be doing downward dog and beep and like burping and all sorts of stuff as well but I think when I made the connection of really what is in this and what hormones have been pumped into this and how is that going to make me feel it in the in the grand scheme of things as well I then went on a journey of um, choosing to take certain things out of my diet and um, becoming a bit more in tune with the energy of foods as well I feel like this is something that probably isn't spoken about very much either but um, knowing that different types of foods not only will give you different types of energy, I think we know that, like, you know, you'll maybe feel better if you have X, Y foods, but the actual, like, frequencies of food as well, like some foods, for example, like almonds, vibrates at a level of, like, 70 hertz in the frequency scale, whereas something maybe, and I'm just going to use the example of meat, will vibrate at, like, five, and that will can make you feel completely different. And when I went on that process of really understanding that um, and being empowered to like make those choices in my food that made me feel completely different and really helped me switch up yeah a positive perspective when it came to what I was eating and what I was consuming in general not even just food um, but I think it, that also went hand in hand in hand with what the awareness that I grew around what else am I consuming you know like am I just listening to the news playing on my parents tv in the background and what's that's actually doing to me and um what's in the lyrics of the music that's playing on the radio and like what is that how is that making me feel and all of these different types of things to do with energy um I really again like you say just that mindful awareness like how is that making me feel how is that person making me feel like do I actually want to be around them afterwards I feel drained you know is that something that I'm going to engage in over and over again or what can I do about it so yeah I know I've digressed a little bit there but the whole encompassing of that um of just being a bit more aware of your energy was a great yeah sort of shift shifter for me yeah I mean it absolutely I, I 
I, this is where we disagree. Um, <laughs> not, the, not the energy bit. I think it's just wording when you say energy. The frequency thing has been debunked about 50 million times. Um, and is, is as, a, as a sports nutritionist, is somewhat nonsense. But what I will back that up, back that up with is my, my, my issue with, um, with certain things like that is not them themselves. It's whether they cause long-term issues for you or whether they are taking money from someone else if they are doing neither do the fuck you want <laughs> you know that's my way of thinking about it is any any of that kind of stuff is if you are not being scammed and if you are not injuring yourself which none of neither of those things appear to be happening there who the fuck cares if it makes you feel better if it's right for you then it's right for you which mm. people will have heard me say that so many different so many times about you know it it sounds ridiculous as a statement but it's true like if it's right for you and you are you're not you know you're not losing out from it and do it like I, I get on with people you everyone gets on with someone that does something they vehemently disagree with or that there's there's an issue with anyway so fucking do it um the energy thing um though i think that's merely a i think that's more of a, a terminology thing you know that that's just you i i wouldn't i don't know what i would call it but i wouldn't call it energy but it is the same thing like you have foods and you're just like well i feel shit now or there's a people that you just kind of go no i don't no i don't i don't like you like there's something about you there's there's, a, there's a, just a feeling um and i think that's actually where a lot of the miscommunication um again away from the frequency stuff because I, I feel we probably won't um, have a, a, a mm. crossover there at all. But the other side of it, I think, is where miscommunication comes in and why people sometimes turn away from um, the, the stuff we know helps mm. because of the fact that they don't like the terms. And that, I think that's always, hold, held, bleh, always holds us back is when we have that kind of, you know, because, you know, you've got you've got Dave from down the pub. He don't care about anyone's <laughs> energies. You know, um, it, it's not going to work. That kind of thing isn't going to work for him. And it is it is interesting. I think that's why, um, as I said, off camera, I, I'm somewhat of um, a monkey in a suit. I think when it comes to um, the, the kind of the lighter side of mental health, because I on paper am the same as you on paper, mm -hmm. you know, mindfulness instructor, meditation person. I have the sound bowl in the background. Yes, you know, I, I do all these things. I have a freaking Buddha around my neck, you know, <laughs> on paper. Absolutely. In practice. No, you know, I'm, I'm very different. I'm far more harsh. And I, I, I think we do need as a, I don't know if the community is the right, is the right term, but as, a, as a kind of side for mental health and for um, that kind of mindfulness and mm. well-being well-being that's the better one yeah, well, the well-being community i think that there does need to be a point at which we go look this isn't getting to everyone but we need to show people that it's all the same it all works together it's just that we don't think of it the same you know there might be things that are not right for certain people because what's right for you is what's right for you <laughs> but we agree on so much more of the stuff like you know 70 80 90 percent of it we go yeah of course I fucking know. meditation being the obvious one meditation yeah. i do not know of anybody no matter how cynical you are that disagrees with meditation mm -hmm. if they do I, I don't know what's wrong with them because there's something severely wrong with that person so I, I think it is important that we have that kind of thing where we can talk to people or even understand each other on some of these things so that dave down the pub <laughs> can go you know because 
I mean, if we put it this way, it's it, it is the you know the the degree of society that we we don't recognise it. But you could not really imagine someone, as I say, there's there's this hypothetical person at the pub. Could you imagine generally of hearing a bloke go? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to have a couple of pints and uh, fuck it, I might, I might do some yoga tonight. Yeah, I really like that yoga, that <laughs> yoga studio. Fuck, it's beautiful, mate. It's absolutely beautiful. I tell you, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got to get the stuff down and, and yeah, I'll really get into that. I feel, I feel really inner, I feel centered. I feel <laughs> centered. It's not gonna work. It's just not gonna work. People don't uh, see that and they don't hear that. Yeah. If they hear my voice, then they might do because I'm uh, southern and better spoken. Always sounds. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> and I, I've softer spoken. Yourself is softer spoken. But yeah. then, where do we get the in between? Because Dave down the pub probably got a shit job. Probably <laughs> does need to do some stuff. Yeah, it's important to be able to do that. And that's where some of the terminologies I think um, muck us up. A bit like when we talk about in martial arts when we talk about chi, because mm-hmm. we all we all kind of mean the same thing. It's just that some people like to make up things. Um, but we all mean the same thing, effectively, but we just call it something completely different. Mm. Um, and, and I think that that kind of gets really in, important for us. But yeah, I think, um, as you say, a whole process, you know, being in Weatherspoons before yoga with a burger <laughs> is a moment where you just go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say, I've done the Brighton Marathon before, and on mile seven, someone was lighting up a cigarette whilst they were running, and you're going... Something's not right here. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I, actually, myself, when doing the Great North Run, um, which is a half marathon, Camera Society, which is the campaign for real ale, were giving out three pints of beer to runners. So, oh and you're like, it's, it's, this is really nice, but at the same time, it feels wrong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that there does need to be that kind of thing in between that people realise. And that's why I've had people like yourself, like Anxiety on in the past, to kind of show, look, we may not absolutely agree on things. We may vehemently disagree on some stuff, but that doesn't matter. Like mm. the rest of it is like, we just want everyone else to be okay. And for, for almost, you know, 90, 99% of the stuff where they're going, yeah, cool. Great. We're going to call it something different, but yeah, great. Absolutely. Do it. Yeah. And it's really hard. I think for people to kind of get over that a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think, LA, LA wellness has um, screwed us over there. Um, <laughs> as, as I always say LA. I'm going to be interviewing someone. I, I swear I'll interview <laughs> one day from LA and they're like, what the hell do you mean? But it's, true. it's that yeah. very kind of, you know. It's just the perception, isn't it, of it, of, of whatever it is that, you know, that they think we should be doing. And I get that all the time with yoga. Like the amount of people that have said to me, like, oh, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga or I don't have time to do yoga or yeah. I don't have a yoga mat or I don't have space to do yoga. And I'm just like, literally, does not matter? And I, I've had that same conversation. Yeah, like do it in your bed. I'll send you a YouTube link or, you know, like you say, do it on a chair or there's so many like variables of what that looks like. But because they maybe have seen other people or me, I'm, I, I love yoga and I do it regularly and I'll share it. And so maybe because they've seen me and I can do certain things that they feel they're not able to do yet that puts them off straight away and I'm like I didn't start there um so that's the that's the key thing so yeah it's just the perception isn't it it is that it is that perception it is that effectively well uh, the wellness industry almost as a whole has a an Instagram filter on it yeah I, I think I mean I'm saying this knowing full well that I've already done the thumbnail for this for YouTube and <laughs> 
both of our pictures are from photo shoots. <laughs> <laughs> so we look the best we can generally. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know that. So I, I think that is that is the the problem sometimes is that it does give that perception. It's a bit like the fitness industry. I think mm. does that as well. You know, if you get some fantastic lightning, uh, lightning, fantastic lighting. <laughs> And, you know, you put it over you in a certain way and you breathe in a certain way or you breathe out a certain way. Yeah, you can go from beer belly to six pack in about six seconds. Yeah. But the reality of it is very different. And I think, yeah, it's it's that perception that is is a big thing there. Um, you did say you wanted to potentially later on talk more about um, earlier mental health things. For yeah. Yourself. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to go into that. Um, so, yeah, um, I thought it'd be quite interesting to just kind of show... Um, yeah some observations I guess I've made through my journey of working with young people because like I said I started off working with nursery ages so babies all the way up to like preschool age mm. um, and I don't think I realized it at the time but I was actually making quite a lot of observations on maybe um, a mixture of their behaviors and um, communications with parents and like being aware of maybe where some of their basic needs weren't being met and, and what that actually looked like in those young people at that time um, and sort of when I refer to basic needs as well I think oh I don't know if you are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs are you yeah um, so I use that and I refer to it quite a lot because I just think it's I just think it's great and I think it's, it's relevant always sort of thing so when I would do just the basic like observations on children I, I could generally see in those children who weren't necessarily having some of those basic needs of just food water safety met and how that obviously looked in that moment as well um, and then throughout the journey where I'm now working with um, young teenage girls I can see how if that's not sort of not not I don't want to use the word fixed, but if those issues are not addressed in that moment for those young people or, or young or young children really, what that looks like and how it actually progresses um over the years and um what it can actually turn into and how really that obviously early intervention is just so vital so for anyone that works with young people like really making I know it's, it's something that spoke about in the early years industry a lot anyway sort of safeguarding and and you know making those changes and doing what you can at that point but yeah it's been really interesting for me to see the journey of that both from babies to toddlers to young people and then both with people sort of like friends in my life and then people that are older than me I feel like I've been able to kind of see what happens if things aren't addressed as early as they possibly can be um so yeah just I guess bringing awareness to that and doing whatever we can to speak about that so that we can do yeah do what we need to do to make people be aware of actually what that could be doing to your child if you're not you know giving them enough fresh air and if you're not sort of talking to them about if they feel safe and what safety feels like to them um because I think in my personal view, a lot of the times when I've seen people really, really struggling with their mental health, I can reflect it back to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs table and, and really like, OK, so are you sleeping? Um, no, not really. Or I'm not sleeping very well and, and how that impacts them. And, and again, with food, obviously, as we've spoken about how that's impacting them um, and then even moving up to things like um having a feeling of accepted be feeling accepted and feeling loved and, and and having that sense of belonging and really those key things when they're not met how that can just instantly create illness in in your mental health so 
um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting and something that I wanted to share, really. Yeah, I mean, just for anyone out there, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, because you've mentioned it a couple of times and we both understand it, but I'm aware there may be people that have no fucking clue. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is effectively um, created by a guy called Maslow. Um, but it's this idea, <laughs> it's effectively a pyramid um, where it's the pyramid is thought more of a foundation. So it's leveled um, up as you go up. And the stuff right at the top is like, depending on what translation of it you have, it's called transcendental, which is where we start to sound a lot more airy-fairy again. But it, <laughs> it's the stuff that when everything else is met, what else can we do? So in terms of a billionaire, you know, I've got everything I want. I've got a space. But, it, <laughs> but then uh, the bottom level, as you're saying, that is effectively um, food, shelter, water, sleep. It's that what do you need to be able to function and your need as a human being? And then as you go up, then other things need to be met. You know, as you go up right now, are you, do you feel safe? Um, go up again, right? Am I um, successful or do I feel um, rewarded in my job? And, you know, and, and there's different ways of looking at it, different ways of arranging it as well. But it, yeah, it is important that people kind of see that. And it is, um, it brings, it, really, it brings about um, a thought to um, analogy that I came up with. That's um, my tagline for, for, um, for my uh, mental health education as well. So screw it, I'm going to use it, which is turn on your light first. And the reason I, I say about that is because it, it is your needs first, because if your needs aren't met, you can't be of any help. So mm. when I talk about turning your light first, it's this idea that because um, everyone or a massive amount of people go, oh, yeah, but helping other people helps me. No, it fucking doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I vehemently disagree with all those psychologists, psychiatrists that say it. It does not. Mm. It can do once your needs at first are met mm -hmm. but without that no it doesn't there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to happen because all you're going to do is destroy yourself because if you try to reach something that's on the third step up um your your um, hierarchy of needs but you haven't got the foundation well it crumbles the same as anything else so the idea when i use um turn on your light first is this idea that if you're in um an old house and you're on you know whatever um floor and there's two rooms and there's a long corridor between the two and it's a dark corridor that doesn't have its own light it's only met by the the light of the rooms around it and you hear someone calling for help and they are in need those of uh, those of us that are just gonna go no we've got to help them that's it don't turn on our light, our light first and so all we do is rush to help them all we do is run down to turn on their light we don't look at our first needs. We're looking at that need further up. But all that happens is we fall down. We hurt ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are um, bruised, battered and cut by the time we get there. It's taken us longer to get there. It's hurt us in the process. And actually the person we're trying to help has also had to wait longer. And their needs haven't been met because you weren't able to get there. But if we turn our light on first, we make sure of our standard, our baseline needs, well, we mm -hmm. can see... The, the path now we can see into that hallway and we can go down there and we don't fall we don't get um, knocked down we aren't cut and bruised we get to the person that we're trying to help quicker because we can see where their room is and we can turn on their light <laughs> first so we're there quicker they're helped quicker we are there without hurting ourselves so we don't have to worry about that and our baseline needs are met immediately and then theirs are met much quicker as well and then then we can build on everything else and get those two, three steps further because we've done that. And we do have people that 
will go, yes, but I'm sleeping okay and I make sure I've got some food, but they don't drink enough water or they don't have enough sleep or they they are always a little bit tired but they're they're looking after themselves and i always say that that's effectively using a candle so you haven't really met your baseline but you kind of had you've got a bit of light so you're using a candle to lead the way but all it takes is one gust of wind or one trip and the light's gone out and now you're back to square one where you're hurting yourself and you're you're tripping over and neither of the mets are, neither of it is met because if you continue every day but you've never had enough water or sleep eventually you'll you'll burn out even though you've some you've got some of the baseline you haven't got all of it and so then you go back to square one again and that's where it works for me with um with that the interaction for it yeah definitely yeah I, yeah i really resonate with everything that you're saying there and i think um where it's become so like apparent to me is within my role now and because of what I do now I think it's always probably been the case but I'm way more aware of it now and I think because I see people who I work alongside who don't necessarily put themselves first or you know make sure that they have that meal before they they go in the car and they end up taking a a, one of the young people on the journey but you know they might have a they might have an energy bar in their bag or something like that and I'm just like you know you've got time just have and make sure you're all right because you know you're actually caring for someone else and so if you're not making yourself the priority and if you're not yeah caring for yourself the best way you can how can you possibly give them what they need um from you so yeah it's something that i really yeah, really resonate with yeah absolutely i mean anybody that's ever been in a flight ever what's the one of the things i tell you when they're talking about if the the oxygen stuff <laughs> put on your own oxygen mask before <laughs> trying to help anyone else it's that simple it is that simple but unfortunately we 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 all know someone that goes no it helps me to do this no it doesn't. yeah it doesn't help them either because the thing is is when when you are so destroyed that you're not there who helps them now mm. if you were the only guiding light for them if you were the only one that was helping and that's the reason you're doing it well i'm the only one there for them okay well then you're really fucked when you're gone then yeah that whole process is just kind of feeding it's just ego feeding isn't it that's all it is it's making sure that you know you think you're doing good and and you might be doing some good but yeah it's actually not in the grand scheme of things the right thing um for you or them so oh yeah the the idea of being being selfish is really annoying to me because to Mm -hmm. me being selfish is the most selfless thing you can do positive thing definitely if you want if you want to be selfless you have to be selfish Mm -hmm. um which people never like and I managed to really annoy a, a university lecturer once by, te- by telling him that I did not believe and I could almost prove that there's no such thing as altruism. Um, mm-hmm. Really didn't like that because people don't like the idea of that. And that's what we've got to in society. People don't like the idea that they have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you have to be for your own mental health, for your own well-being and for the well-being of everyone else. Because if you aren't, it all falls down. It's a house of cards. You know, it's, it's just really damaging all round if that that becomes the case yeah um, definitely I preach a lot about I say preach in in a loose word <laughs> I talk a lot about self-care and self-love in yeah all aspects of my life really and what that means because I think that was probably again one of those tools that I just grew over over time and um yeah and how valuable it is just to have that time for yourself in whatever way that looks like so for me it might be coming home running a big bath playing some nice music, lighting some candles and having an hour undisturbed, just me and my bubble bath having a well good time, just, you know, in my zen. And then and then on another day that might be going for a walk. Um, and it's really, for me, I've, I guess I've been able to grow the ability to kind of 
ask myself what I need or tune into myself and and think about what I need in that in my day ahead or maybe just for the next hour ahead you know and um and do that and that is self-care and that is being selfish and I will do that before I go and do the shop to make sure that me and my partner have got food in the house because I know that I need to do this first before I go to the shop and deal with Tesco's and all this overwhelmingness um so yeah it'll just be simple basic things like that and that's why yeah I just think I talk about it a lot because I feel like people overlook that you know people just get up and they go to work and then they're there at work and then they come home and they're just dealing with like task after task and not actually thinking about what they need um so yeah obviously in alignment with the whole basic needs kind of thing but yeah just taking time for you in whatever aspect that looks like just how valuable it is yeah I mean absolutely the easiest way to put it for for people that you might freak them out a bit is which doctor, which surgeon do you want? The one that um, hasn't slept and yeah. not had breakfast or the one that's well rested, um, has been fed well, has drunk well and is fully awake? Which one mm. do you want to perform surgery? And then tell me that the idea of being selfish isn't something you should look after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, Definitely. It's, it's so simple sometimes. Um, I wanted to talk um, actually a little bit about something that I know we will probably disagree with the reason for, but actually agree on the use of, Okay. which is that thing. Okay. Which is, uh, so those that you don't know, it's the Tibetan singing bowl. Um, uh, So basically the idea of it, um, so it's used in different ways. Now, um, the reason people are going to be like, well, why the fuck are you using it, Adam? There's actually science behind it. There needs to be a lot more science behind it, but there is actually science <laughs> behind it. So the, the Tibetan singing bowls, I mean, specifically, um, I think that's very useful. Um, the, the, the small bowl, I think, is very useful when you're starting to meditate or something like that, because I think you can just get into a kind of, it's just setting a mood. Now, I'm assuming, potentially wrongly, that for yourself and including the people that, that you know, um, qualified me for some meditations, and believe that there's there's frequency stuff around it. Um, so again, dis- disagreeing, and this is the point we made earlier, disagreeing on the parts of it, so those two paths, mm-hmm. but agreeing on the journey. So yeah. who the fuck cares, as long as the journey's <laughs> the same. Um, <laughs> you know, if you take two different paths, but you both end up at your, your mum's for Christmas at the same time, <laughs> your mum doesn't care which route you took. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I I like it because I think it does set a mood. Um, it's it's really it's really nice, and also I think it can actually I think those things can actually be quite fun because mm. it's a bit like um, I don't know if you ever did it with with a wine glass and trying to make that sound. It's a very similar thing for me with a Tibetan thing, trying to make it sound a way that you want it to, or get it to sound different ways, and almost having a play with it. I think is is really nice because it's not just this kind of fully you know existential spiritual thing it can be a bit of fun as well and i think that is important because like we say with meditation is like that it can be very different for anybody um mm. so i think they're quite good like that and it can just be you know oh this is quite tactile and it's i think that's in, enjoyable for people the other part of it as well and the bit that actually has the science behind it um and legitimate science guys this isn't you know someone online that's got their doctorate from the you know the the university of of you know whatever the fuck you know there are certain people out there this is legitimate studies um that you can find i believe on the america there's there's a big study about it with a, a lot of um researchers on it back in 2016 on sound baths um, now there needs to be a lot more research but of course 
the problem with research is it takes years to do properly and it takes money and three years after this study three four years after this study happened every scientist in the world was working on something completely different and all the money went there so we haven't had it yet um and it was quite a small study but the fact that the study is there and it is a legitimate study is is nice to see um with sandbars now i think i think everyone kind of agreed beforehand that sandbars were good for your mental state if as long as you are someone that finds enjoyment in that kind of um sound it's always gonna be good for you if you if you aren't someone that finds enjoyment in that sound then it won't be good for you it's a bit like someone that enjoys um uh, classical music won't, in, won't necessarily be the most comfortable listening to you know taylor swift but <laughs> but but if you are someone that, that finds solace in that then it's going to be good for you because you'll feel good the same as you put your favorite song on to feel good you know i think that was always something that everyone agreed with the thing that's that was interesting to come out of the study was the blood pressure thing um so i don't know i don't know if you you've seen any of this study so no. the study that was done um i was trying to remember the details now but the study that was done <laughs> found that it had an effect on your blood pressure and it helped reduce blood pressure mm. um which is something i don't think anyone really expected to find now it's a small study it's 62 convenient it's 20, yeah, 62 um convenient sample so it is you know very very small study but again it's a bigger study than some uh, research that's been held up higher so and it, it showed that it had a positive effect on things like blood pressure now i think you can probably find a route as to why that is because blood pressure can be linked to stress and it can be linked to other things and so of course if something is being done to help your stress and make you feel better and there's there could be a fact that people that are going to sound baths are also likely people that are changing their diet and there could be a whole thing around it you know correlation mm. and causation thing so there could be a whole thing around it but it's, yeah. it's interesting to see and i think if you're doing that for a stress thing and then it's changing a part of your life it's interesting to see um so i mean i have not yet taken part in a in a sound bath um, I do plan on doing one, but um, I think it is interesting to see that um, with something like that, that is very old. I mean, I think the Greeks did it back in like AD 1000, something ridiculous. You know, it is a very old um, thing to have done, but it is interesting that there is um, some backing behind. And, and I reiterate for anyone out there, the same as me and that values, you know, logic, it's a <laughs> legitimate study. It is not one by you know the, the the universal council of metaphysics or some bullshit like that it's a legitimate study mm. um which is really nice and I, I i find um it's always interesting like that because when they are things that aren't expected they tend to get researched more which is good because then we we will find out and again i think the worst that can come out of the study if it continues is that it's um that the the physical um attributes of it are because people doing it are changing their entire lifestyle mm. but it still has a positive effect on your your mental health that's the worst that could come out of it so cool if the worst that comes out of it is still that you're getting a positive <laughs> hell cares you're like and, yeah. you know and if it is part of a whole thing well that's cool too you know because it's still part of a of a whole process it's a bit like anything with mental health should be 
a, a several pronged attack. You know, just relying on one thing never works, whether, mm. whether that's talking therapy or medication or whatever. If you are doing physical therapy um, of some kind, music therapy of some kind, something else, and you have those different approaches, yeah, it has an all round effect. It's a life change. So if we if in future studies we find out, well, it's because the people that are going there are also eating better, they're not drinking as much alcohol, they're not smoking, they're not doing that. Cool. Well, if those go together, then have it as a package. You know, it's you don't say to someone making a stew, well, we're not going to count the water because it's it's all the vegetables that are doing the the job. Yeah, but they're fuck all use without the water. So it's like, I don't know if that, I think I've kind of made my point there, but I was just wondering what your thoughts are. Because obviously um, we're coming at it from different, from different approaches there. Um, but, but yeah, I was just wondering, uh, just a, a chat about that. Um, so yeah, I think uh, most of what you, well, pretty much all of what you, you know, have said, I definitely you know are in agreement with. Um, I think, um, yeah, to offer a perspective on from where I come from, where where sound bath led kind yep. of things it's pretty new to me actually um I did my first sound bath like a couple of years ago a friend invited me onto it never heard of it before didn't know what it was but was just down down to try something new and I was like okay sounds sounds interesting I'll come along um and yeah the experience for me was definitely calming I felt relaxed um I obviously didn't know what to expect so obviously at the beginning I was actually quite anxious so I was like I don't know what I'm participating in here but you know I'll, I'll flow with flow through it anyway and um yeah I kind of had the experience I felt felt relaxed and calm and I came away really just with a sense of calm I wouldn't say that I necessarily felt anything deeper at that point I didn't necessarily have any bodily sensations um I just got into a quite a nice meditative state which was yeah which was which was great for me and at that point I guess I assumed that that's all it really was um and I was quite happy with that like you say it's still a win still came out of it with a positive um and yeah I guess over the last few years I've just kind of dabbled with sound in, in whatever way that sounds like but I've you know someone bought me a steel tongue drum and um had fun playing around with that and just enjoyed you know playing with sound and yeah using it at the beginning of my day to start my day off um and yeah basically the the journey that I've been on is that a really beautiful friend of mine um decided to do a sound healing course learn all about it she's a friend that I refer to as my crystal queen she knows everything there is to uh, to know about crystals and she makes beautiful jewelry and um candles and all those sorts of things and it was a path that she was going on and um I was like amazing interesting you know down to learn whatever you know you have to share she then decided to buy some big beautiful crystal singing bowls so obviously similar to what you've got on your shelf there but made from crystal and um of all different sizes and that just kind of opened up a door for us because we both really wanted to move into a place of, uh, we refer to it as holding space. So we now hold event spaces for people to come in and um, we we call them sound baths and sound journeys. Um, but really, as well as that, they encompass meditation and breath work and um, intention setting and, and some forms of rituals as well in regards to maybe just using an essential oil spray and um, you know having a renewing sense of feeling from that so it's something that we wanted to do for a really long time and so sound bath in that term has kind of been revisited for me and um, again I don't know a great deal about it there's a lot of science I don't know um, I can only really tell you what my own personal experience has been from it and it is that sense of relaxation and that power of sound and the way that I see it is it's a it's a sense it's part of your senses and 
and if you are tuned into your senses you're present because you're here in this moment you're not really focusing on anything else although thoughts may come in and out um so yeah I I love it because I just think what a great way to let people come in they they come in they do some breath work they might share a little bit if they feel like they need to maybe what's brought them here um and maybe something that they're might be struggling with right now so really it's just an open mental health space really um and then yeah we we just take them on a journey of sound and sometimes that's a more of a meditative led experience where I'll write meditations that take people on a visualized journey um, and sound will be a part of that or it might just be that I do a breath work and body scan and then they lay down for 45 minutes and they just have sound um basically bathing them in in the frequencies I know you don't necessarily refer to that word but the frequencies of sound is is more of a proven thing I guess in hopefully you would you know agree with that in that essence so um yeah that's kind of my experience with it and I, I literally love it I, I think I'm it's something that will now be a part of my life and um, it's been great to receive feedback from people who have never experienced it before loads of people that have come to our events have never ever heard of it and um, again I get a lot of people say just the essence of them just coming in and being able to feel relaxed and safe and calm um, are, are common things that people say I also get people say I felt really really cold and really really shivery or I had a lot of tingling sensations um, or some people fell asleep because they were just so relaxed that they went to sleep and, and therefore it was what they needed so like um every yoga class yeah. right at the end when everyone falls asleep in Shavasana, yeah, <laughs> <one's gone. laughs> yeah definitely and also to add to what you were saying I'm pretty sure I've heard my friends say that it's one of the most ancient um forms of healing in in the forms of that, that that's ever known um so yeah going it goes back way 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 back and it, yeah one of them like the ones that they can, can as far as they can see back it was used for a really 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 long time in whatever form yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely used a long time ago. Um, I think uh, generally, I think the, the the thought was that the reason it was seen as healing is because you felt better. You weren't actually better. You just felt better. Um, but then, like I say, this research is, is potentially shown otherwise. I mean, it, it does go against the right. I mean, it's the University of California, that was, which is where it all comes from. Um, so, you know, this is the University of California is, is a, like a top. 300 university in the world so it's, this isn't like <laughs> this isn't some this isn't like trump's advisor you know donald trump's advisor who was a doctor from a, a random european state where he'd done fuck all this is like <laughs> a legitimate study um and yeah i mean the the agreement i will have on frequency is that um different frequencies can affect people differently in terms of if you're younger higher frequencies can give you headaches um, that's why mosquito alarms exist. Um, so we know we know that we know that part of the, the science of it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's you know it, if anyone's wondering, you, just because um, you don't have to just be into crystals and stuff to make your own candles and things, I make my own <laughs> lip and stuff. Oh, amazing! So so again, I, I on paper I look very different. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it is interesting. And, and the sandbar thing it is like I say. The, if you're lo you're looking at different frequencies, what I'd really like to see um, from studies in the future, what I'd really like to see is people using different sounds for soundbars, mm -hmm. not different frequencies, but different sounds. Like, mm -hmm. because, like I say, if you're someone that isn't that doesn't find that kind of sound soothing, then you're not going to find it soothing. It doesn't matter what it is. If you go in there as a heavy metal fan and you hear <laughs> that, you're going to be like, well, this is just fucking annoying <laughs> but if you go in there and you are a heavy metal fan and there's a some form of heavy metal in some way that's being thrown around then cool 
Right. Now let's see, you know, because I think that would be interesting. It would also be interesting to see, because I think that might answer some of the questions around things like blood pressure, for instance, if the same physical effects are there. Because is it, it, because it will definitely have the same, I say definitely, it will likely have the same mental effects because it's doing the same thing for different people of different backgrounds. Mm. But will it have the same effects generally? That's what I'd really like to see. Um, but I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I'd stay away from the, 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 the other stuff, obviously. Um, crystals are pretty to look at, which would be my response. Um, but obviously, in terms of, um, I, I'd say that people should go and definitely try a sound bath, even if you're just doing it because you're like, the fuck is this? Absolutely. Mm. Give it a go. Um, because, you know, it does seem to have um, a lot more around it than I think a lot of us ever realised. Like I say, I think there was always a consensus for everyone that, it makes you feel better. I think that's always been a consensus. I don't think anyone's ever really disagreed about that. It's been the kind of, if, it, if it's something calming and you're going in there, it's calming, you know? Mm. Like I say, it's the same as meditation of just like, if you're taking a minute to just be calm, you, you get calm. Um, I think we've always agreed on that. But again, it's that, it's that language of, of putting it across to, to other people, you know, is Dave down the pub going to go to a sound bar? It's it's that kind of okay. Well, look, there's this, but again, if you if you said to him, oh yeah, no, there's this um, there's this weird new music thing. It's it's a bit <laughs> strange. Now, well, let's go and check it out. He might yeah. go and do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's all about the marketing. All about the marketing. It's all about marketing. <laughs> it's all about marketing. Um, but also, just to add to what you were saying a minute ago. Yeah. Um, so I think. Well, from what I, the few I've experienced, I've, I've been in quite a few sound baths where they actually do use quite a few instruments. Um, so I spoke about the crystal sound bowls, um, but also in ours, we use things like wind chimes and um, like I say, the steel tongue drum, or we've got a big uh, hand, like a shamanic drum. Um, yeah. I don't know what the proper term for it is, sorry. But um, yeah, so we've got a few different um, instruments and that's, yeah, it's really, really beautiful to have that variety. Mm. Um, and also just, yeah, I guess adding a bit of my perspective on, on what you were talking about, about it being calming and soothing. And for the most part, it is, and it is the whole process of, of coming in and, um, and having the breath work and having the meditation. The whole process puts people in a calm state. Um, mm. But one thing we do say to people is that be mindful of the fact that, I'm going to use the word, some of the frequencies that you might be experiencing with the sound um, may not resonate with you and may not make you feel good. Like you might have feelings of feeling uncomfortable. Um, and I know that's something that you've, you've spoken about before, that sort of experience, experiencing discomfort and how actually that can serve you. So both in an, an exterior way, but and also within yourself. Um, obviously, a lot of people have emotions and experiences that they're still holding on to or they've still got within them that perhaps they haven't processed yet or they haven't known how to um so we have we we, we explain explain that to people so that people kind of have a pre-warning and also um a, a part of what we do is when I refer to the crystal the crystal bowls is that we have one that's um, aligned for each chakra. Um, so again, uh, I, I'm assuming that chakras might be something that you are familiar with. Um, but I guess I'll just give a brief run through for those of people that don't know um, is that in the uh, I don't want to use the word spiritual world, but in in the world of um, I'm going to use the word spiritual world because I don't know what else to align it with. But um, there's a term of 
uh, knowing that, that there are seven chakras, which are energy centers that are running from the base of your spine all the way up to the top of your head. So they are your root chakra at the base of your spine. And then it moves up through a sacral chakra, solar plexus chakra, heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye, and then crown. Um, and I believe that this is a scientific proven thing. Now, I'm not a super duper researcher so I haven't fully read all the research papers and seen it all myself um, but I from what I understand it has been proven within science that um, when studies have been done they've actually been able to see different energy centers up the up the spine so um, you may know more about this so I'll let you um, speak in a minute um, just to yeah add some add some information but yeah referring back to the sound bowls is we we have the bowls for different chakras so when we're playing certain bowls that actually could be very much resonating with a part of the body so say for example um, we're playing the, the sacral chakra bowl at that moment in time it, it could be that someone might be experiencing discomfort in hearing that sound potentially because they've had some trauma based Based in their sacral area, maybe from um, abuse or something along those lines, or maybe are just holding a lot of tension in that space. And therefore, when they hear that bowl um, or that, that sound, it's actually not something that they find soothing or calming in, in any way. But in fact, they're like, oh, you know, OK, I can feel that some people actually have, you know, have cried before at the events and had a release of tears um, or felt like they needed to move. A lot of the time, interestingly, when we play the throat chakra, a lot of people start clearing their throat and feel like they, you know, I see a lot of movement in people's necks um, and things like that. So that's just my observations anyway. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to add a bit of um, of my perspective on, on what you were talking about there. Yeah. So um, if we get the, the, the science sort of, I mean, the chakras are nonsense. Um, there, there's no real science behind it at all. There are some stuff coming out of like Mumbai University and stuff, but they're done by people that have found, you know, their doctorate under a, under a leaf. Um, so that there's no there's no real basis for it at all. There's a lot of um, psychological um, research in it. There's a lot of things to suggest that there's a um, like anything. There's a placebo effect. So there's a there's a there's a positive placebo effect with chakras um that's the thing that is often pointed towards by people because it's like look it works because it's a placebo effect in the same way that if you give someone a sugar pill and tell them they're going to be in pain it will work um but that one the other two i have better news um so the, the frequency thing can can work because i mean i think what people forget is our inner ear is the thing that makes us balanced and can make us feel sick so um the reason that a lot of people will feel uncomfortable, as well as what I said earlier about um, younger people, you know, the whole mosquito alarm thing, um, the younger people at different frequencies can actually get headaches. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's been around those um, those mosquito alarms that are on certain buildings to stop um, teenagers congregating, which is, as far as I'm concerned, just fucking inhumane. Um, <laughs> Because my my hearing, I found out because of this, and my hearing frequency was far younger than I am. And I used to go to a shop, and I kept getting headaches every time. And I didn't, and I could hear piercing noises. It wasn't until I went in and they like, oh, we have a mosquito alarm. I'm like, well, that's not fucking good, is it? Because that's meant to be what the hell, man? <laughs> like, because um, of course it, that will have a massive effect on babies as well. Like, so mothers taking their babies, and you're like, why is the baby crying? Because it can hear something you can't. There is obviously with that kind of thing that is there anyway. But yeah, if it has an effect on your inner ear and your balance, then that can completely put you off. It's one of those things, you know, if you feel unbalanced, 
that can make you that can give you feeling of dread that can make you feel um, nauseated that can do all of that from that so uh, it, it the frequency effects on your inner ear and things like that makes perfect sense to me as to why people would be in that kind of sense of like dread or un, uncomfortable because it's having whatever frequency that is is having an effect on their on their inner ear and it's just not it's just not going with them so there's a there's a lot of stuff with that that's not quite working there was something else you mentioned i can't remember what you said last mm. um but uh, but yeah there is there is there is some science kind of um with that certainly um that kind of makes it all all go together with it um absolutely it's, it's really interesting um obviously yeah to, to hear those little bits and pieces but i think um it, i want to come back to sort of your your comment actually about you know what what works for you works for you um and obviously I know you're very open to to all the various things that um people are using to to help them feel centered and and to grow and to work through mental health and things like that and I think yeah it's um interesting for me hearing your voice of logic because um I'm very much open to logic and I'm open to science and, and all of those things but there's a lot I guess behind behind it for me as well that thinks that you know when you feel like you've experienced something, you don't necessarily, I don't personally necessarily feel like I need the logic or the science. Um, so that, yeah, that's the place that I come from. So I feel like if we're just talking about the chakras for, for a moment, like I feel like I have been in uh, meditative practices where I've been focusing and um, doing a, yeah, a session based around my heart chakra, for example, and felt that within me and felt an opening, felt uh, a warm sensation, felt felt whatever it is. And, and that, it, it could very well be that it's my, my brain linking my, linking my body. But I feel like I know from that process when I was in that deep meditation that I actually feel like I did a lot of um, mental health work, really, and really dug through maybe past traumas that I'd had or times that I'd felt hurt or times that I felt like, you know that wasn't in alignment with how my heart needed to feel and um yeah and I know for myself the chakras is something that has really really helped me and is one of my tools and I think it is for a lot of people so again it's, it's whatever works for you works for you and yeah. um yeah yeah it's, um, like I say my 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 points to it are always is it going is it cause is it going to cause you issues in the long run is it going to is it someone scamming you yeah. Now, it could be someone scamming you, but openly scamming you, as in um, they're scamming you, but they don't realize they are and they're not charging you for it. Then who the fuck cares? Um, <laughs> as in, you know, they believe in something, uh, but they actually believe in it and they're not charging you for it to happen. Cool. Well, that's it's helping. So who the fuck cares? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, that, it's that difference. If they're actively, you know, they know something is bollocks and they're, they're charging you £50,000 um, to do it. Nah, then I have issues. So that's where I come on on that kind of thing of like, I, you know, I don't care what someone who wants to do that does if it's for their own good. The only time I take issue is where if it's going to cause issues outside of it, like I'm not going to put, you know, a crystal chakra expert as my minister for health. You know, that's when that's when it becomes different for me. But if it's for your own journey, and it's for your it's it's for you moving forward then again what works for you works for you it's it doesn't mm -hmm. fucking matter about anything else uh, the point you make about um it doesn't matter why it works is also an, an interesting one as well i mean it's like it's like penn and teller the magicians talk about is that um when they do a trick so there's a there's for instance with the with being able to feel things there's a trick i think david blaine does it as well where you touch somebody else and you feel it 
mm-hmm. and there's the whole trick around around it and being able to do that and they've said about these things when someone's really excited by the trick and they want to know the answer they're like do you really want to know the answer because if we tell you the answer and we tell you why this is happening it may take away a lot of the enjoyment it may take away what was making it fun for you in the same way of like if we explain this is it really going to impact you and be as helpful towards you and be as good for you and if that's not if that's going to be damaging and problematic then why would you want to know the Mm -hmm. reality so I I kind of get that it doesn't matter about why it works as long as it fucking works Mm -hmm. that's cool like I mean Vietnam uh, and Korean war they started giving sugar pills to soldiers and convinced the soldiers that they were um, basically far more um, uh, useful than and far more strong and far stronger than morphine. And so you had these soldiers that were effectively strung out on sugar pills because mm. their brain had just rushed them with chemicals, gone, this is it. And if you explain that to them, is, is it going to be the same, the same effect? Is that, you know, mm. so if it works, it works and if it works for you it works for you it's it's that simple because what works for one person isn't going to work for everybody which is which was my point on the different types of music as well you know mm. because not everyone's going to relate to the same kind of music so it you it's that kind of thing of like if it's a very personal thing that isn't external to you then cool because you might listen to classical music somebody else listens to rock you're not going to listen to the same music at the same time. And you playing rock to them isn't going to be a problem. Then playing classical music to you isn't going to be a problem. So that's kind of where I come about it on there. So, yeah, if it's if it's important to an individual's journey and it is good for them, cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you want to change it if it's, if it's helping them? You know, cool. You know, it's like if somebody spends God knows how much on a really fancy sofa or something and you know that they could have got this the same comfort from one for 20 quid down the road yeah but they actually got enjoyment out of spending that money as well so it's it's it works for them <laughs> yeah definitely definitely as that. but i think that again i think this is something that needs to be talked about more is both sides of that one i think we should be open to fucking discussing the bullshit because what annoys me is that we don't and then that's what turns people off. It will turn people off like me because of the fact that we don't go, well, look, you don't have to fucking do that. Or with a sound bath, for instance, go, yes, but actually it's just the terminology that's different. It, we actually agree. It's just that we don't say the same thing. Like you, you, the thing about frequencies, for instance, if you said to someone, Oh, the frequencies going to, might, might, might give you a feeling of dread and things like that. To a lot of people, they're going to go, oh, fuck's sake. Whereas then I come and go, OK, the frequency, because higher frequencies are recognized more by your brain when you're younger. And um, as you get older, you can't hear the same uh, things at different age groups. Different things will give you headaches. And of course, it can affect your inner ear. Then it's exactly the same thing. But some people now go, oh, OK, fine. And I think that's the thing. We need to be able to discuss this because when we don't, we don't get everyone getting the help they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, I think, what is important. That's why with um, my, um, my mental health charity, for instance, I, I get people to kind of um, interact with the therapy that they need. 
it should be a, a thing that you can find the therapy. I don't advertise things like um, crystal healing and stuff like that is because I don't want someone to then go off and find a charlatan and be scammed. Um, but the stuff that I know um, can be helpful for individually and individuals stories. Great, because people are showing you that it's helpful for them. And you find you create your journey, you create what's going to help you. And that's important. You creating what is your journey? What has helped you wouldn't help me. What's helped me wouldn't necessarily help you. Elements of it might. A lot of the elements that we've talked about, meditation, yoga, sound, um, um, singing bowls, things like, they're all the same things, but then we've put them together in a different way. You know, like um, if we go to old school Lego, before the fact, that before they came as a freaking pack, but old school Lego, it, you know, you get instructions of this is how you make a house but then you'd make a car. It's the same bricks, but you've made something different. Mm -hmm. I think that's important that we have to be able to discuss in the future and actually be able to come together with it. Because as I say, there's, the, there's those that are doing it for the right reasons without hurting that, that can be part of the discussion. Because yeah. why would you not have them as part of the discussion? Because they're trying to help as well. So, and especially for people like those researchers in California, you know, they're, they're, they're um, putting the gap together by doing it a lot of stuff with like uh, Vim Hof as well mm. the, the Iceman does a lot of stuff and he's had the test and he's you know gone gone against the, the science for but actually pr now proved the stuff and he has people from MIT um, if anyone doesn't know who Wim Hof is basically he's a wellness I can't even think of what the hell you'd call him but he's a wellness person does, yeah. uh, deals a lot with meditation um, and has, has shown a lot of Tibetan meditations as, as having the results that people didn't think he could and he's had people from MIT several times show that there's an actual um, relation to it. And so it's, it's being able to, to link those things together, I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I literally love Wim Hof and all his techniques and stuff. He's a very, very interesting guy. Um, I don't know if you've seen his, his, um, one of his shows as well, where he talks about how through the process of what he's done, he's been able to literally change his type like the, the quality or the type of his fat cells and that's why he's more resistant to the ice now I don't know if you've seen um that part but that was really interesting to me because that well resonated both within the physical sense but also within within mental health as well like it's still relevant because it's like if you're actually able to practice something and it can change your physiology you know your, your physical sense physiology um, yeah physiology thank you. <laughs> thank you very much um yeah where, where it, it can actually change it can and I think that's such a key thing because I think that people try things and I'm, I'm I'm all open for people just trying things and if you feel like it's really not for you then fairs you know well done for trying it but actually there's so much power if you if you would persist with something for a little bit because there's so much more to it than just your first attempt um so yeah obviously in a reflection to your mental wellness and things like that I've had so many people say to me you know like I've tried meditation it's not for me it's not for me like, oh, you know ditto. and it's like oh it really <laughs> like it really is for everybody it really really is you know you just need to try it a bit more and maybe try some different types of it and maybe try it just for five minutes and then maybe try and listen to it before you go to sleep and then maybe try a visual you know journey of it as well and try different people and then just try meditating without listening to something like there's so many different aspects to it and actually when you 
begin to med meditate on a regular basis that can actually have a knock-on impact of your ability to focus and be able to create calm in a more of a you know quicker way and all of those sorts of things so um yeah I don't know how I got from Wim Hof, Wim Hof to that but yeah still relevant <laughs> he's, he's, he's created his own meditation I think that's it yeah yeah um, yeah no I mean absolutely I, I I've heard that so many times oh meditation isn't for me no what you mean is and then we go back to it LA style wellness meditation in the corner saying um because that's the one that everyone knows let's be honest when you say I've tried meditation what they mean is they've sat in a corner with their legs crossed yeah no you haven't tried meditation you've tried one form of a very specific very um cynical and very westernized um attempt at meditation that's what you've tried you've tried the bullshit and for some people that that works but there's Everything is meditation. Everything is meditation if that is meditation to you. Like we said earlier about, you know, watching a film can be medita meditative to a point. You know, yeah. um, going on a bike ride. Sorry? Going on a bike ride. Going on a bike ride, yeah. Go for Gardening. a walk. I mean, there's plenty of older people out there that garden, that meditate. Um, I've said this to my mother because my mother is, was born during the Second World War. And uh, I think she probably meditates when she's gardening and she doesn't realise it. Mm. The easiest way to think about it is um, that one of the most well-known sayings ever is effectively proof that everyone meditates, which is time flies when you're having fun. Mm. Time flies when you've zoned out and had the ability to recognize everything around you. That's meditation. <laughs> effectively, you're yeah. meditating because you're in a zone that you feel comfortable within where mm. you don't have to take any um, kind of... Uh, impact from things outside and external to you you're just in the moment and you're you're in the moment you're taking stock of everything that you enjoy and you're in that um, space where nothing can affect you and mm -hmm. that's why time flies when you're having fun time flies when you're meditating mm -hmm. the amount of people you can just say to how long do you think that meditation session lasted and people would be like five ten minutes and be like it's been an hour and it's like, yes because you were completely zoned out effectively that's a good thing uh, so yeah it, absolutely I've had that so many times where people go oh, I've tried meditation no you haven't no you haven't <laughs> Wim Hof is a really good example I think of of that what I've been saying about bringing the two sides together because um some of the others that we, we've talked about the, the kind of the charlatan side of it um they don't encourage being um tested by proper science and they are very kind of, well, you just don't understand because you're the West or something like that. Mm. Wim Hof from day one, and actually Wim Hof comes from this mental health because his wife um, committed suicide and that's what brought him over to it. Um, from day one was like, well, I'm just going to fucking try stuff. And well, this seems to work. Okay, this definitely is working. Someone test me. <laughs> immediately was just like, this is working, but is it really? Someone test me. And immediately going, oh, so it does work. That's what I like about Wim Hof is that he does that. He's taken a very, very ancient, traditional Tibetan form of meditation mm. and gone, yeah, but I can do this and make sure that it really is working. Like I can prove it to you. And he's done it live yeah. with, with scientists there, with audiences. So that's what I, I, I kind of like about him there is that he's been able to, to bring that together and um, kind of show that we can use not everything that we we think is is kind of guff is we can use it we can find some um way to go forward with it and also just change the wording and the amount of times people come forward when all you all you've done is change the wording is amazing you know mm. it's it's um it's a bit like there's a there's an old bit in um uh, yes minister 
which I don't know how many people out there have even heard of it. But Yes Minister is an old comedy show from like the 70s. Um, and it's about the it's about an MP and it becomes the Yes Prime Minister in the end. But it's, it's um, basically PR people and um, civil servants that have um, that basically control an MP. But there's one bit where they talk about um, doing surveys and they say about, well, this amount of people want to bring back, um, you know, uh, service for younger people they want them to go into the army and so well what were the questions because if you go up to someone you go um are you worried about the youth of today are you worried that they're not disciplined enough do you um worry about the um, imminent impact of war do you think that um young people should be uh, given a step up do you think that we should bring back conscription well of course you do you have to answer yes because everything you've just answered is yes mm-hmm. well then do you worry about young people and violence? Do you worry there's too many groups forming on the street? Do you think we should um, give young people weapons? Do you think we should bring back conscription? Well, no. All it is is the change of wording and you get a completely different outcome. And I think that's, that's definitely something that I, I think if we look at more can kind of move forward with it. Um, was there anything else that you think you haven't mentioned, you'd like to mention, I've cut you off on, or anything like that? Um, because I think we've kind of come to a natural kind of closing point. But if there's anything else that you think we've missed or I've just brushed over, please do let me know. Um, not really. I, th- I feel like we've covered a lot. And yeah, my mind's sort of like, yeah, uh, trying to think of something to, to bring up now. I guess... Um, yeah I'm going to bring it up anyway (laughs) I think um yeah I think the only thing I I would like to maybe mention is like the importance of once you have got into a good space of what you then do to protect yourself moving forward I feel like I use the term protecting my energy and, and what that means for me um and that that encompasses a lot of different things but I feel like yeah for each individual person like once you have got yourself into a better place or a better space even if it's just not looking at the big picture but even just in that day or or you know whatever that is for you or in that hour even um being aware of what you can do to protect your your own self before you you know get influenced by someone or you watch something that's going to have a negative impact or or whatever it is for you. So I think it's just, yeah, something that I'd like to kind of express that I would like people to be more aware of, because I feel like it took me a long time to realize it. I would, you know, start my mornings off great and feel really positive and feel really empowered and feel really clear and focused. Um, But there would be things in my day that would just bring me down and whether that was work at the time or um, people in my life or whatever. And um, yeah, it took me a long while to realize that I actually had the controls to that I had the ability to choose not to engage with that person or choose not to put that show on or whatever it might be so um so yeah 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 I, I yeah I'd, I'd agree I I've, obviously I wouldn't use um energy I'd probably say state um mm. protecting your state but um absolutely I mean I I talk about this uh, with some people about um that in terms of family and friends and having that thought that if if you're feeling fantastic and you felt fantastic and you've changed yourself so that you're like that and then your mother or your friend or someone just goes oh well it's all just uh, and makes you feel like shit then they're not part of your life mm-hmm. i think that's what in my mind that it should be part of that discussion is if someone if all they do is bring you down then they have no right being part of your life and it doesn't matter who they are that's always something i think is important that it does not matter who they are if they 
all they are doing is bringing you down and trying to knock down that wall and that comfy zone that you've created, then fuck them. They don't deserve to be there. So mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, so, yeah, in general, guys, I think, um, as, as we've said, there's, I think being able to have nuance and talk about things is probably a good thing in all walks of life. Um, but as we've, as we've discussed here, even though many of the things we don't agree on the areas for it, many of the things we agree still on doing that same thing, just for different reasons. So um, be open to those ideas and look into different things. And if something is helping you, it's helping you carry on doing it. It's, it's, if it's good, it's good. So um, protect yourself with it. But I think, yeah, just find your own path whatever that path is for the journey that you've got ahead and um, just try and look after yourself and look out for those things. And if it does mean that you have to take a leap of faith, um, if you feel that you can do that and you've got the potential to, to move forward from that, do it. You know, we've both done it. So it's definitely something you should look at. But um, thank you so much for being with me today, Leanne. Um, thank you, everyone else, for joining us. If you are still at, um, us at this point, um, well done. Give yourself a cookie. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. And this should be going out, I think, The next one after this, um, we'll be talking to someone from um, the charity world and uh, how helping charities can just really help you and help others as well and uh, what drives you to help those charities. So um, thank you very much again and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.